We see this whole social justice and critical race theory, specifically reparations. It does not hold up with what the Bible actually teaches. Yes, so some of these clips I know are a little bit crazy to watch, but th this is from Disney targeting, I mean, it's obviously aimed at younger children. Uh, this is from an animated series, a newer one that Disney put out recently. You may have already seen this clip. It went viral a couple of weeks ago. And again, as we watch this clip, we're not saying that every single statement in this clip is factually inaccurate. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is two things. Number one is, is the framing of the conversation correct? Is the way of framing it correct? And number two, are the conclusions that are being drawn accurate? You understand, you can say things that are actually partially true, frame them wrongly, and then draw false conclusions. That can lead you in a terribly destructive direction. So this is, again, made for younger people, made by Disney. This just came out. And uh, listen to the words and see if there's any troubling inferences from this clip. This country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. Tilled this land from sea to sea to sea. First there was rice, tobacco, sugar cane. Then Whitney did his thing and cotton became king. And we were its soldiers. Four, Four million, million strong. Fighting for America's freedoms, even though we remained America's slaves. slaves. Built this country. The descendants of slaves continue to build this. Slaves built this country. And we, the descendants of slaves in America, have earned reparations for their suffering. And continue to earn reparations. Okay, now, I'm going to stop it in the middle of this already. So already there's a, there's a couple things here that, that we could ask some questions about. Number one would be, if we're going to frame it the way of saying slaves built the country of America, I could argue that slaves built a lot of countries in a lot of parts of the world. And therefore, reparations would be demanded where? Anywhere that there has ever been slavery in the history of mankind. And if we're actually going to give reparations to anyone who has an enslaved ancestor then we're going to be paying ourselves money because we have ancestors on both sides. If you look at the, like the world of slavery and the, 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 the blight that it's been on the human race, I mean, you look back over history, first of all, how would we know who exactly is descended from slaves and who hasn't? But even if you could, you would have about half the world paying about half the world uh, reparations of some kind, and how would you ever parse that out? How would you ever figure that out? You, it would take God at the final judgment to figure out all of that. And secondly, and these are all things we're going to get to as we go, but am I guilty for the crime of my great-great-great-great-great-grandfather? Am I guilty for my great-great-great-great-grandfather's crime? And if so, am I supposed to pay justice to the great-great-great-great-grandson of someone that my ancestor wronged? Is that even a biblical way of framing justice? You, you understand? These are the kinds of issues we need to think about. Let's keep going. Every moment we spend submerged in the systemic prejudice, racism, and white, white supremacy that America was founded with and still has not atoned for. Slaves built this country. Not only field hands, but carpenters, masons, blacksmiths, musicians. Now, I just got to pause here again. The language of atonement is being used. That's interesting. We've already said that wokeness tends toward religious language. Mm -hmm. It speaks of white supremacy as the original sin. It speaks of conversion as becoming woke. That's the new birth when you wake up to reality as it is. And then the, the true sin is white supremacy. And then you have to atone for the sin of white supremacy. And you do that through paying for that sin through reparations. Does this sound like a religious system? It does. But the problem is if I'm paying for the sins, atonement never actually, we never arrive at full payment for, for sin in this system. Inventors build cities from Jamestown to New Orleans to Bannockhead. Washington. 40 acres and a mule. We'll take the 40 acres, keep the mule. We, we made your families rich. From the southern plantation heirs. To the northern bankers. To the New England ship owners. The founding fathers. Former presidents. Current senators. 
The Illuminati, the New World Order. Slaves built this country. We had Tubman, Turner, Frederick D. Then they say Lincoln freed the slaves. But slaves were men. And women. And only we can free ourselves. Emancipation is not freedom. Jim Crow, segregation, redlining, public schools, feeding private prisons, where we become slaves again. As we celebrate Juneteenth for, for the umpteenth time, our account is still outstanding. Because this country was built on slavery, which means slaves built this country. And we demand our 40 acres and a mule. You can keep the mule. Keep the 40. We're taking our freedom. Now, again, this, this is made by Disney for children. And if you don't think that there's indoctrination going on in this video, I mean, I, I don't know what to even say. This is so obviously a kind of trying to convert children to a certain worldview, a certain view of both history and the, and the present. And there are so many problems with how this is framed. I mean, there, there's a way to appropriately address these issues of, mm-hmm. from our past. This is not it. This is, not, this is going to create a, a, a new generation that is going to be poisoned from this kind of stuff, and it's going to change their thinking. The other thing that I want to keep mentioning is this. We oppose what the Bible defines as true racism, which is discriminating against someone, showing favoritism towards someone based on their ethnicity or skin color. We believe that that is an abomination. We believe that that is evil, that is wicked, to show favoritism to someone because of their skin color or to hate someone because of the color of their skin, is truly evil. And we are not denying that in our nation's history, there has been gross uh, sin in this area. Nothing we are saying is minimizing that. If you look back on previous weeks, we have talked about past racism in our country from, from pre-Civil War to Jim Crow to on and on. So, so we're not denying that. What we're trying to say is, what is true racism, biblically defined, is not the same thing as what our culture today is labeling critical race theory. These are not the same thing. So what's happening is what is not actual racism is being labeled as racism and white supremacy, and then that's being used really to, this sounds so strange, it ends up becoming a kind of racism itself because it ends up having almost a reverse discrimination perspective. Uh, We want to make sure not just that we use the Bible in this issue, but that we use the Bible rightly. I think that's that's one of the the most important things we can get a, a handle on is because folks, especially in the church, they'll grab Scripture and they'll say, see, Scripture supports what we're talking about. But when you actually examine texts in their context, it doesn't support what they're saying. And I think that's what we're going to see today, especially with this issue of reparations, is they know that the church won't buy into this if it's not scripturally based. And so the folks who in the, in, in the church who are espousing these kinds of things, well, they have to find Scripture, supposedly, that will, well, if, if we talk about this, see, it's there in the Bible. Well, Satan can misquote Scripture, too, and that doesn't mean we go along with it. We evaluate things in their context, and if it does not say what they say it says, and if it does not lead us to what they say it leads us to, then we reject it. It's just that simple. But there's also a mindset out there that says parents are not the ones who should raise their children. It's the state that should and the state schools, um, public schools and all that. Like they're, and if you just pay attention to the news, you see this more and more. It's, they want to take rights away from parents, freedoms away from parents. I mean, the whole trans thing with you know, trying to do this without parental notification and everything like that. Um, and I'm, I, what I'm, where I'm going with that is you, you mentioned it, that this is indoctrination. 
The very, these very same people would tell us, you have no right to indoctrinate your children, to teach your children to believe a certain way. Why do they say that? Because they want to teach your children their way. It's not that they're against indoctrination in general. They're against a particular form of indoctrination. And indoctrination is simply teaching. It's simply teaching things like as catechizing true. catechizing a child. Catechizing, teaching them as true. Um, and so there is an agenda afoot to take your rights away as parents and grandparents from having any influence over your children because they think they know better. Um, so, and they're succeeding in many ways in the public schools, which is heartbreaking um, to see. And again, going back to what Mark says, there's, there's, a, there's truth in that in terms of historical specifics. It's the framing of it that matters. And when you assume something at the outset, you see it everywhere. When you just assume something's true, you see it everywhere. You don't have to justify it. You don't have to give evidence for it. You don't have to root it in facts and in reality. You can just assume it and therefore say it's everywhere. You know, up until 1960, you know, you'd seen such progress in the black community from where they were, you know, under slavery and all that. They were still like in terms of upward mobility, they were the, the black community in general was going up. And it's when the system changed with the LBJ and the Great Society that it stopped. It's interesting that in the black population after the Civil War, literacy rates went from near zero, I mean, very low literacy, to about 50% of the population by the turn of the century, by the year 1900, which is something we've never hardly seen in any ethnic group at any point in history. To go from negligible literacy to 50% in about 35 years was almost miraculous, an amazing turn. And then between the year 1940 and 1960, uh, black poverty dropped by 40%. Between 1940 and 1960, that's a tiny period of time. Mm-hmm. Black poverty dropped by 40%. So there was real advancement going on in the black community. And then, like you were mentioning, when, when Medicare Medicaid passed through in the 1965, uh, basically single motherhood was receiving more income than married individuals, right? And so there was, there, was this, there was this extra money going to single motherhood, which anything the government throws money at, you're going to get more of, right? And so I'm not saying it's the only factor, but it's certainly an important factor along with the sexual revolution, where you had a lot of single motherhood take off in the 60s, and that skyrocketed in the black community. And again, this this is a a thing that makes you want to weep, but in the black community going into 1960, uh, somewhere in the 20-something percent of the households had two-parent homes. Uh, 20-something percent. There's 28% or something. I, I got that backwards. 78. 78 I got yeah. it backwards. 78%. And within just uh, 35 years, uh, it had flip-flopped and it had reversed. And so th- th- you can clearly see the sexual revolution and uh, Medicare, Medicaid, those kinds of things were major contributing factors to what, what ended up becoming, frankly, fatherlessness in, in a lot of impoverished communities. And as anybody will tell you, this is a tragedy uh, it's true of white Americans, it's true of black Americans, Hispanic Americans, it doesn't matter. It, it, just in, speaking in generalities, children who grow up, boys who grow up without a father in the home, they are, and you know the statistics, far more likely to do drugs, far more likely to commit felonies, far more likely, I think it's 20 times more likely to go to jail. And, and so you see here in, in our history a lot of heartbreaking things that have affected all uh, uh, Americans. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's been a, a, a disproportionate impact on the black community. I talk about some on that podcast. 